Welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast. An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. Ori, with a story. Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting, musical-filled, whimsical, and tragic episode of Best Boys Film Podcast. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun, it's fancy, and it's full of murder and racism. Yeah, just, racism and murder. I just dropped uh, to my knees in the rain. Gino! Gino, kill me now! <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I probably uh, could have <laughs> did something about with, I could have did something. I at least could have snapped my way into the intro, you know. I just while the intro was playing, <laughs> while the intro was playing, I just kept singing in my head, "Best Boys Podcast." <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, that I don't know. Let's yeah, Steven Spielberg. Steven, he came back. He ha- he Steven said now was Spielberg. the time to do it. They said why now, and he said it was time. West Side Story. Um, so yeah, the Spielman. I feel like uh, it's felt like a weird director to do because it's like one that every child, every millennial child, has probably seen like over half of his films on accident. You've seen mm-hmm. them on reruns. You've seen them because you've begged to see it a thousand times. Um. And uh, and honestly, he's probably one of the like even before you like you get to your teen edgy phase with your Tarantinos and Finchers. When you're a mm. kid, Spielberg is a household name. You know, like I knew yeah. who Steven Spielberg was as a child. Uh, like George, I knew George Lucas, but for some reason, and like Star Wars was holy to me. But Spielberg's name was like, oh, that motherfucker makes movies. <laughs> Good yeah, well, movies. I- well, you know, me being obsessed with Jurassic Park as a kid, um, really just threw that in. And then my our my childhood friend Jared loved Indiana Jones. So between the two of us, and then Star Wars bridging that gap, uh, it was the like, household names for sure. I mean, how many like Star Wars and Jurassic Park toys did we have? And everything has Lucas on it on the Star Wars end. And um, so yeah, Steven Spielberg is just so iconic with uh, with so much stuff and. I uh, regret not seeing a lot of these uh, of these older movies until later in life, um, because I feel like it would have been a lot like more uh, nostalgic to have, have seen it a lot. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? The uh, seeing it like at the time, like I've never seen Close Encounters before. Like Jaws, I didn't really see the full way until later in life. And the uh, the Indiana Jones, uh, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I saw young, but. A lot of these, uh, I still haven't seen even looking at the list. Um, I've seen most. Uh, but there are, he's made so many movies that there are several that I have not seen. I haven't seen um, uh, nineteen forty one. I haven't seen the color purple. I haven't seen. I haven't seen newer ones. Um, like the most new. I guess the, I haven't seen Ready Player One. Uh, I didn't yeah, really. I, I forgot uh, that he even did some of these. Uh. Lincoln, Warhorse, War Bridge of Spies. I haven't seen any of that. I didn't see oh, Indiana nominated. Jones and the Crystal Skull. Yeah, um, same. I have seen Munich. I have seen War of the Worlds. I've seen, seen World Minority World. Report, AI, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. uh, Jurassic Park 1 and 2, Schindler's List, Hook, mm-hmm. 
All the Indiana Joneses, except for the new mm-hmm. one, I just realized. Uh, it's like I've seen double-digit movies of his, but he's just made so many movies. It's crazy, yeah. too. And so many of them are... Just, are uh, he gets Academy Awards nominations for, like, consistently. Oh, well, and they, he, well, that's the other thing. He's like, he has his critical movies, um, and then he has these blockbuster family all-time like movies that like you show kids uh adventure films i think is what i was thinking about like how to describe his bread and butter like it's sci-fi and then there's um you know like indiana jones it's just straight adventure but there's just a sense of adventure in all those kind of films um it ties them together um and like yeah jurassic park's got some horror elements um but it's like there's something about it like it's there's a lot of positivity in his films as well, obviously, except for like yeah. Schindler's List and uh, some others. But generally, the, the the popular ones are very positive. And that was something I was thinking about with Close Encounters. Um, mm. It said it's we live in an age where there's a lot of bleak uh, and uh, pessimistic sci fi um, stuff and even fantasy now with Game of Thrones. Um, is very bleak and very dark and very negative. And I like that shit. Um, and it kind of is translating from the dark comics and sci-fi stuff from the 90s and the 80s um, and just finally making its way to the screen um, over the last decade. And obviously, yeah, we're talking about over the last decade. Um, but it's something really, really special when you can still tell a compelling tale that doesn't fill you with dread. It fills people with hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like, it makes you think and it's, and you think about big things, but it's not in this sense of like dread, uh, and mm-hmm. bleakness. And, uh, you gotta, I really, um, there's a really special value in that. I think, um, as somebody who really enjoys feeling feelings, whether they're negative or positive from watching films, that's like kind of what I'm into. Um, remi- watching his films just reminds you of like being a kid. Um, more than like probably anybody else. Um, it's even like, cause I mean, that's what I felt with close encounters. Like I hadn't seen close encounters as a kid. I've seen that ending scene, um, with the colors and the lights many yeah. times, but I have not, <clears throat> um, seen the whole film from front to back until, until last year. And, uh, I was, this feels like a kid. Same with ET. We saw, watched ET as we've probably seen bits and pieces and, and reruns of it, but to watch it front to back as an adult, uh, a few years ago with our mom, um, it was just yeah, like, was- it felt like being a kid again. Um, and we weren't even alive when E.T. came out. Or we weren't even alive uh, when this movie, when Close Encounters came out. Um, but we had a Jurassic Park. We had Indiana Jones. We had um, the th- those things, too. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something special. And I know, I'm sure everybody has nice things to say about Steven Spielberg um, and, like, the importance of his movies to pop culture and uh and to our childhoods but but yeah i think i think that's about as uh good of an intro as you're gonna get you have anything you want to add yeah i was gonna add on to your uh um the 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 lack of dread and and uh, hope and in uh with close encounters specifically I was uh, the ending was just like a breath of fresh air because it's like uh, uh, it was new to me because I hadn't seen any of it before, um, and it just felt uh, it felt nice, 
to to have, go back to something like that. That's not that's a that's a nice like little vague but still positive ending. Yeah, not ha- I uh, wouldn't say it's even a fully happy ending, but it's no, hope, there's you don't hope know. There's, in it. Yeah. And it I doesn't think, end on a downbeat. And it's like mystery and hope and adventure. And like yeah. we're going into the unknown and it's like mm-hmm. not this dread fest like I'm doomed to death. Um I'm, you know, I'm do- going into the unknown, but I, I, it's perilous and I'm doomed to death. But it's something about like, it's like old novels were more like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like you think about like your journey to the center of the earth or, or something like that. A thousand leagues, 10,000 leagues under the sea. It's like um, these fantasy kind of stories that uh, like bad things and good things happen in them. And some of them have problematic things, you know, have an age well, but uh, there's like an adventure. Uh, it's more about the adventure um and and getting in but they always make it home in the end you know some one way or another mm-hmm. um so what sh- i feel like we should talk about west side story first um yeah uh which it honestly makes it less about spielberg uh because this movie has such a his- the mu- musical and movie has such a history um mm-hmm. so just to give you a brief uh background West Side Story was uh, first uh, written in 1957. And the movie, the old movie, came out in 1961. So when we saw this as kids, and I know we first saw this each in music class growing up, mm-hmm. and I had a strong resistance to uh, watching this movie. I think we were in a time mm-hmm. where masculine, you, you were really worried about being seen as like masculine or you didn't want to be seen as gay or something. I mean, just to be speak plainly of how it was. Um, and so when you saw a movie like this with lots of men like dancing and there's like, uh, there's really, really good choreography, but it's like almost some of it looks ballet. Like it's like very prancy and, um, you know, the way that they're moving around and like the fighting and stuff, like it's something very macho, but done in a very, um, you know, artistic and, and dance, uh, Interp- not artistic dance sort of way, which I think mm-hmm. kids uh, at the time would associate with with women, and uh, so it made us all feel like I always felt weird about it, like because I thought it was interesting and cool, but I was like, nah, uh, this is lame because this isn't what like people would make fun of somebody who did this, mm-hmm. um, and like now uh, so much has changed, and after doing tons of musicals when I was in high school and, and performing and exploring art and obviously, uh, you know, other kinds of things, attitudes have changed. I I think the toxic masculinity is still a thing, but I'm sure for kids in high school these days that, that it's not this like obsession with it's, is this gay or not? Am I gay if I like this thing? You know what I mean? Uh, it's very immature. So and uh, it's getting off the top, really getting off the topic, but um, it is something that I have always had with the history of the this film and the musical. And then I remember our high school did West Side Story. I think when I was in eighth grade, it was before I went to high school and did my first musical. And that's when I thought like this is pretty cool. Uh, that's when my attitudes were starting to change because it was like they I saw live a musical that I was familiar with because I saw it in music class, and. Um, and it was like, oh, and these, I just really started looking up to these high school people that were in it. And I really wanted to, this is when I knew that I wanted to do musicals. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I have a lot of nostalgia. 
for the movie and the show itself. Um, and one thing I got a little off topic, but one thing I wanted to bring up was the when the musical was written, when the movie was made, it was contemporary shit at the time. I think when we saw it as kids, like it still feels like a musical about an older time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But that was like contemporary topics and language and uh, fashion and all that stuff, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, just like especially when you're just watching it in fragments in you know like a forty minute class, uh, a two and a half hour movies spread across like a month, watching it on a small, like crappy TV. It's like hard to really even like pay attention to it and take any of it seriously, especially when you're in like, like for me, I think I was in like sixth grade when I watched this and it's yeah, it was like, like seven, sixth or seventh grade, probably eighth grade, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like listening to Slipknot and System of a Down in my free time. And then, the, you know, it's, this is what they put on. And uh, like, oh, I, yeah, I, that's I, another I, thing to bring up is that the, the two early two thousands were a very ma- masculine time. Yes. Extreme. Um, a lot of just t- anger. <laughs> Angry, yeah, ang- male, <laughs> ang- young male anger time for no reason. Yeah, but um, yeah, so it was just like, and and I and I never really liked musicals, and to this day, still like I have my ones that I like, but for the most part, it, it takes a lot to get me to get into one. Um, and like like you were you were in musicals, I I only did one in in middle school and just didn't have a good experience with it, so it kind of shied me away from what to do but i i i uh, appreciate it and like what it is and, and watching these two now so far so many years removed from it um it is uh there's a lot to like there's surprisingly a lot to like um well, there's just so many doing it even i face it doing it is just you get pressures from mm-hmm. your friends that are from other things like my football friends would always make jokes my sport friends would make mm-hmm. jokes about musical or whatever and just like always discouraged it was always kind of discouraging, but yeah, I just had people messing with my costumes and stuff on the show days, and always trying to like, um, get, like I someone specifically like got me in trouble over like uh, a non thing to try to get me kicked out because he wanted my spot. Uh, oh my god, I forgot and, about that. Yeah, oh I, god, it I just kind of that. soured me to musicals and theater people and everything. For yeah, a while. but theater people are definitely weird too. Um, and uh, that is totally a thing. Um, but it's but it's nice to be able to just enjoy it as um, uh, uh, you know, yeah, that's a, what I mean. It's an so experience of art experience rather than yes, as a matured ex- artist in a way, and just uh, like expectations to like, oh, you should do this, core, you should be this, yeah. And I can just sit back and just take it as it is and enjoy it, uh, with fresh eyes and and in a mature and a matured perspective. So. Um, I think the best way to go about this is to talk about the new one and try, as we bet we may, to focus on the new one as a as its own thing. Mm. And then I think we should talk about the old one and compare and contrast. Um, okay. And so how so the new one uh, stars Baby Driver, Ansel Elgort. You yeah. got to say the name. It's Ansel so, Elgort. <laughs> Uh, and that's no disrespect to the man. He's a good actor. Um, I just I like saying his name, Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. <laughs> um, and uh, also Rachel Zegler as Maria. Um, uh, Arena Debose as Anita. David Alvarez as Bernardo. Mike Faced as Riff. 
And the classic Rita Moreno, who was in the original 1961 uh, as uh, the shopkeeper Valentina. So, what, yeah, that was going to be, it's going to be a quick fact. We'll talk about Rita Moreno in a minute. But what did you think about Wes? Did you did you watch this one first, right? Uh, yeah, I watched this one first. So did, yeah, or, no, so no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I watched this one second. Oh, so I yeah. watched this one first. I'm kind of glad I did because I was trying to not compare it to the old one. I have a really hard time when things get remade of a thing I like. Uh, is I just like every time they change a thing, I'm like I don't like that. I don't like the changes usually. Um, because I have a strong, you know, memory of, uh, exp- of the original experience and I don't want it to be a different experience, I think. Um, mm. and this is a different experience and I actually didn't dislike it at all. And as far as having somebody like Steven Spielberg attached to it, um, I kind of wasn't sure how it was going to be, especially the way that his late career movies have been. Um, I wasn't sure what I, I was going to expect, but this movie is very vibrant. Uh, it's very vibrant and colorful and also very kinetic. Um, I think one of the biggest different, uh, I mean, uh, it's very, I don't, I don't want to get to the differences yet, but uh, it's very kinetic. Like the camera moves around and uh, it does a lot more than in a, it, uh, than a musical. You know, you're on a stage when you see a musical and you see it from this one perspective. And musicals are really good. Theater is really good about giving you different angles and different perspectives, like playing with uh, the set and things to give you different feelings and perspective. But it's not like a movie. And this, I think, really wanted to try to make a 3D, a three-dimensional musical experience. Um, Mm. And it really did uh, try to make it more like a film uh, than a musical adaptation. Um, Like it has musical numbers. But mm. I feel like it it's less stage oriented, um, especially when you compare it to the old one. Yeah, um, yeah. Real. I was gonna say to that note. Um, I think that that's one of the things why I like this one so much was the amount of space there was between the songs because of the added uh, dialogue and, and shots and scenes and stuff. It made it was enough of a of a gap to to because a lot of the times I get run out on musicals, burned out on musicals just from like songs being back to back to back. Oh, I don't mean the space. I don't mean um, the space between dialogue and songs. I mean like how the camera moves um in and out. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Around. It's moving around. The camera's moving constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's not like the uh, how I guess Cats was where it's all just they shot it like a stage even though it was a movie. Um from well, like the old movies. one. The old one has a lot more yeah. static shots. Mm. It very much goes for just like the wide, and then your your uh, your two side shots for coverage. Yeah, there's a lot more sh- uh, closer up, uh, more close ups. Yeah, which there's tons of steady cam in this new one. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Like people walking with the around with the camera, and it's like swinging in and pulling out, and it's moving mm-hmm. around like three sixties, and the the dance scene, the school dance is probably the best example because it, oh, is that done so well? Uh, it is actually really cool. Uh, I've never mm. really seen that sh- uh, something a scene like that shot in that way before. Um, with and, and it's so purple and yellow. There's there's a lot more color, and uh, um, it just looks really good. Um, and it has like these um, like glares. The lights like have this glare on them um, a lot. 
And I kind of yeah. wasn't sure if I liked it at first. Like I thought it might have been a little bit cheesy, but I realized it is the 50s and it is kind of this stylized kind of version of, you know, late 50s in, in New York. Um, yeah, I was going to say, there's so many like J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams style anamorphic flares in this movie, like intentionally, like they're just, there are lights just set up in the background just to cause flares and to, and to create um, all these like hard light scenarios, which we'll talk about the cinematography a little bit down the road, but the. Uh, well, that, I mean, I'm kind of getting to that now. That's what I. Oh, yeah. I love the look of this movie uh from the lighting standpoint with all having said that like uh, so much of this movie i don't know if you notice like the bubble it's like a warp on the edges when yes, it does those whip yes. around shots it's uh, it's all wide angle anamorphic to just have all of these people in the shot doing all of these things and it's so cool uh like the anamorphic flares you either you either like them or you don't like them uh in this case i think it works for the as you're saying the stylized very much for like the when Ansel and uh or I'm sorry, Tony and Maria go into the bleachers. Baby uh, and then you and, and baby <laughs> uh his character's <laughs> name's Tony. Um, yeah, I know, um, I know, I know. But yeah, when baby when Anson Elgort and Maria go into the <laughs> bleachers, um, and then you still have all of those flares coming in and all those glints. Yeah, that's exactly the thing I'm thinking of when I'm talking about the flares. Um mm. yeah, yeah. Um I think the cinematography is amazing and it's the mm. thing that makes it I think special. Versus yes. other musical adaptations. One of the things I love so much about this too in the lighting is so much, um, so many things now it's, it's very much soft lighting and there's a lot of, uh, not as, a lot rarer use of just like main hard lighting throughout your whole thing. This whole movie is just hard daylight, uh, artificial hard daylight too, coming on everybody's shoulders, blasting everybody, all the yeah, sides of the Yeah, super bright. And it's, it's super bright. Uh, but it looks so well uh, with the cameras that they shot with the. Um, I think the that colors this is pop. Um, yeah, and it's just. Uh, but even those like the the slums part where you have all that gray and all that, it's very bright. Uh, even though it's still dark, it's still very bright and yeah, it's uh, super in the world. Yes, uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, even when things are drab, they're like so lit up. Yes. Um, yeah. Like the opening thing where he pops out of the thing with the paint cans uh, from the basement, and it just like, oh, this looks like you're in like a World War One battlefield, but at the same time, it's like, it's upbeat. It's and it's uh, it's not. You know that it's not bad or anything's like bad happening because of the way everything is just like not stage lit, but just like fun daylight lit. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that is one of the biggest uh strengths I think of it. Um, and I think that's what I've I noticed a lot of um movie people I follow are giving it good reviews, and I was like, really? Um, and I think that they were just a lot of people were on the technical side geeking out about this, and I think maybe some of that gets lost on me more than others, but uh, I could totally recognize the the really amazing camera work and cinematography and just the way the coloring is and, um, and in the, 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 the costuming and set design, it just all really complements the palette and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really meticulously done the lighting. Um, and I think that's the biggest strengths of the film, um, is that it makes it, that's what makes it feel like a film and a movie and less, mm -hmm. um, uh, like a musical, like on stage, um, yeah. even to the effect of, 
uh, the choreography I think is much more toned down in this movie. Uh, the dancing, um, there is there is like big dance numbers for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you compare it to the old one, I have to do that for this. Um, yeah, because I do want to talk about the dancing in length a little bit more about the old one. But the dancing is much more subtle. Like they do like have these inspired and influenced moves that remind me of the old one or the show. And the not just the old one, but the show, the musical. Yeah, but it's not constant, and like they have fight scenes where they're actually fighting, and they try to like it, blend it more in with reality. In, yeah, than it be like this style, like this stylized dance, stylized fighting, and stylized dance, like the dancing fighting. Yeah. It's all part of it, and I really like mm. the dance fighting, and I didn't understand it as a kid, and I think mm-hmm. maybe that's because, or maybe that's why they maybe backed off from it a little, little bit. Um, in this one, but that is a big difference. I think that maybe might help it be a little more digestive to um, younger people and modern audiences. Yeah, I was gonna say the the dancing in this one feels more purpose driven, if if that makes sense. Where it's like it's uh, it's insinuating on the points, and it's only the people that it needs to insinuate on, instead of having like the entire flock of dudes um, going through this wide number and like. Um, like a like this the dance break in between the things the, the uh like when the jets are doing their song like uh, walking down the streets and stuff in the beginning or uh, um yeah later when they're all like prepping for the fight and stuff uh it is yeah it's nice it it just i like that it it this this is if i saw more musicals like this it would tailor me to probably get into them more because i love how much of like the movie felt it does it it has enough to satisfy probably i would say like the musical side um it's definitely it more just, concerned with real. being a film with music with yes. songs in it. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, and I like that. I, I think it's a nice mesh. I was gonna ask you real quick, uh, while we're on this topic, did you d- did any of this seem like it was not a set, like a soundstage? Uh, yes, I was gonna say a lot of the outside outdoor stuff really did seem like. Um, really did seem like a real locations. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you look hard enough, you could probably see that it's art, art design, art and set design. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, all back, back but, lot. Yes, but they really did a good job with the sets. And honestly, with the old one is also all sets, but, um, and it looks good too, but it's like, uh, it gets obvious because the way it's set, mm. it's like um, put together like a stage, um, the way it's shot like a stage. Yeah. And this is... Um, I think the way it's shot makes it feel more lived in. And there's more people also. Like, you get way bigger. You get scenes with, like, crowds of people in the streets and stuff like mm. that. Like, it feels more lived in and more real. Even though it's still, like, color, super colorful and stylized and whatnot, um, it uh, feels a little bit more real than the, mm. old, the old one is even f- more stylized and more uh, closely tied to the stage. Um, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. but there are some things I think I liked. I think I would have liked a little more. Uh, I thought the choreography is is not as good um, to me. Like, it's not like I wanted more dancing, but I think when there it was, um, uh, I thought like especially with the gangs, I thought that they could have been better. Also, um, I think my issue, the the first issues I have is like I didn't know how I felt about the the gangs jet the jets mm-hmm. in particular i actually think that the sharks are done way better in the new one than yes, they are in the old I one agree. and there's some there's significant reasons of why 
um, beyond just the performances and the casting. But I think the Jets, particularly Riff, I wasn't a big fan of the the character who played Riff's performance. I thought he was really. I felt like his his the accents sound so much better in the original to me, and the new one they yeah. sound like they're doing like imitations of of imitations, you know. Yeah, um, I wonder if that's like because that's the accent of the time versus the someone trying to recreate. It sounds like way more natural. It was probably a lot more natural. Yeah, you're right. And now, honestly, I. Uh, you're right. I think I didn't. I don't think about that. Like I think that these are actors acting, and they probably could be around people that still talk like that when the sh- the movie, the first movie, was being made. Um, yeah, people probably talk like that all you know for another five years um, after it was made. Um, it's it. it uh, sorry, go ahead. I was I was gonna say who was my not favorite cast choice, but uh, I can finish your. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just saying that that was a complaint, but now you brought up a point why that would be, um, like obviously yeah. there it's that that accent has fallen off, um, so uh, people are not going to. Yeah. There's less people with the Inzer's accents, the Inzer accents, than there probably was in the 50, in 1957. Um, uh, and stuff like when that. When you hear it's someone just, doing it, it sounds so unnatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it does feel like a little bit of an imitate. It doesn't feel as quite as natural. Um, but go ahead. What, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, and I don't. I hope this isn't a hot take, but I was not crazy about Ansel Elgort, Baby Driver, in this. So I felt like a lot he, of people don't like, like him in this. I like he had two facial expressions, slightly surprised and dead face. And, uh, and I just, I, just, I don't know. I just, his singing was good. Uh, I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. I thought his uh, singing was, I thought like, his singing was good. Yeah. Um, for his, coming from just like the, the, you know, whether an actor can sing or not, I don't know what his background was, but it was pleasantly surprised that it's the good singing, but I just, I just could not get into his character and, and how he was delivering his stuff. I don't know. I like the original to- uh, Tony a lot better, I think. Um, I think they're similar, though. I get why they casted him. I think they do have a, yeah. a, a vibe. They do ca- have a similar vibe. Um, I, Baby Driver does, like, Elvis face sometimes for me. Like he's like, mm-hmm. but it's like an understated. I was surprised he didn't get cast in that Elvis movie. But I, I, that everyone's really hot for that Austin Butler guy. Um. Um, the the preview for that played before freaking yeah, Batman. Yeah. That's why it's in my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he was fine. I thought he was fine. I mean, he's not a big emoter, but I mm. actually in the scenes where he was, you know, like fucking like around the Rumble, I thought he was good mm. in all the Rumble scenes. Yeah, I thought um, he was really good in the Rumble stuff. I agree and, with that. And like he was stiff at first, but uh, I think that. That's kind of just the vibe that he that he has, and he opened up, and like that's that's what he was kind of in Baby Driver too. Like he's cool, but also kind of like quiet and awkward at the same time, and that's definitely what Tony is in this movie. Um, I was fine with it. I, a lot of the reviews on Letterboxd for uh f- from young people seemed to really dunk on Ansel Elgort. Uh, yeah, for I, reason. I don't know if he got canceled or something, and I just missed it. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but like for me, it's it just like it, it, I, it was hard to take the character seriously. It was like, because he's given his like deadpan, no emotion, emotionless face when he's in the gym. Like, it looks like he's just looking through the crowd for, for, uh, I don't know. I, I Some got strange. Before the show, uh, yeah, before the show, I said he looked like a predator lurking. Um, and then, <laughs> a lurker from Left 4 Dead. So, 
you got him lurking in the gym, and then he meets up with Maria or whatever. And then after that, he doesn't know where Maria lives, but he's just in the uh, the alley shouting her name and it, like giving his lurker face still, and uh, until like the next song starts and he like his voice emotes and has uh, range and stuff, and it just. It just felt so awkward and weird. And then the um, with the, did you like that him being on parole change? Uh, um, so I didn't. Um, I feel like that it it was like whoa, like if you were a jailbird in this time, like I don't. I feel like you'd be a little bit of a pariah. Um, not to yeah. the gang, not to the gang, but to like as far as dating material and whatnot. Yeah, like, and, like after almost he almost murdered somebody. Um, yeah. But he then he kills the brother. It's like clearly, if I was Maria, I'd be like, oh, so he just has a path for for murder. He's yeah, a taste for I, murder. Yeah, I because he's like killed that. two people or almost. So it's like it makes no sense that she still was like, you know what? I don't care how many people you've killed. Let's do this. And it uh, it made the ending feel weird. Uh, having that, like at yeah. first I was like, all right, the parole thing gives weight to the why he can't participate in in the jets and stuff. That's cool. But then it just kind of sucked everything out of the ending and made it feel weird. It didn't it make it feel like it just didn't make sense for her to still want to like run with him because this whole their inner encounter takes place over two days. Um, it's just like it doesn't. I don't know. It seems too extreme for the character. Tony's like a, it's a, like a nice guy, but they talk about him like he used to be this real killer, and I guess they do yeah. that in the old one uh, too. But it, it's just more believable that he did some he did something bad and was in like juvenile like some kind of juvenile mm-hmm. program for bad kids. Like that made more sense to me with the old one, and this one it's like he's actually in prison as a child. Yeah, as he killed a man. He's sixteen in jail. Um, oh, that's the other thing about the age thing. I don't. I don't know how any old anyone. Yeah, that, that's true. Bernardo and Anita are married. Uh, when I was like, all right, well, maybe in the fifties, you know, they had adult dances, and that was well, the thing. Um, people got people uh, got. Yeah, that's true. They are married, and it was like really. And even if they got married young, like people got married in high yeah. school, our grandparents yeah, well, the, did. Um, the the only one that we get an actual age is Maria's freshly eighteen. She says, uh, and she's like, I'm, she makes a line that's like, I'm finally eighteen or something. When she's getting her dress ready for the so dance. yeah, that would mean that and, that Bernardo and Anita are out out older. of high school. Which why would they be at this dance? I thought so it, it was a school th- dance. I thought it was too, but after watching both of these. I was like, maybe it's just like a '50s thing where like it's adult like spon- dances were a thing. But the, in the like, old one, they specifically say this is a school-sponsored dance. Oh, I missed that line. But um, uh, yeah, then it just feels weird. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't think about that. I'm glad I didn't think about that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they did change some a bunch of things that maybe didn't need to be changed. Um, but they didn't bother me either. Like they weren't. Mm-hmm. Cra- that's how I felt about anybody's. Uh, we talked about. Uh, anybody's I think is a really great character, um, and in the old one and in the new one, and I I do like that they tried to modernize it, and and in the old one it's it's pretty ambiguous. Is anybody's a, a tomboy? Is ambiguous? Is um, you know are they gay? Uh, are they trans? Um, but they are like I'm definitely a representative of like the an LGBT character in this you know story, and it's very ahead of its time. Um, whereas now they explicitly make anybody's uh, a trans character. And I think I, I didn't have any issues with that. There is a, an awkward line where they really want to make sure you know um, that gets super explicit. Um, mm. But uh, other than that, I really liked the character and I was fine with the performance in this one. And I, I still think they, the character was handled well other than that. 
Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I was fine with that. Um, other yeah. changes I can't really think I can't really think of off the top of my head. Other than like the dance, there's less dancing. Um, the arrangements uh, I'm not that crazy about. Uh, for these songs that I know, um, I didn't I didn't like the music in a lot of these. Um, it felt very like overproduced and um, I don't know. It felt like too cheesy. Like it could have been more orchestra orchestral sounding. It could have been more like, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. There's, there's definitely parts that I feel were died down and muted, but overall I, I was like, Oh, I, you know, for a modernized take on this, I was like content with it. Um, like the singing I was yeah. actually fine with, which I was worried I wouldn't be. But the yeah. singing I thought was good of everybody. It was mm. yeah the music I did I, the, the arrangements and the music I thought was uh, is weaker, um, mm. and I think that's an issue with modern musical adaptations is the there's something about the way that they produce the the music that just like it's too like it just sounds too produced it's too shiny it's too uh, yeah um, whatever uh, this, I mean it might all be electronic at this point when they're doing it I mean so many people it didn't sound like, electronic. Um, um, but that I would mean, be that, worse. Not in like that sense, but um, I guess I, I mean more just like. Uh, but you mix it and stuff. Uh, the yeah, mixing yeah, and, like, and all that and the DAW. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure. But I think that you could still capture, like, there's still really good music. Um, mm -hmm. that can be more, like, sound like more like an orchestra pit. And I think this didn't sound like that as much. Um, this sound more just like a movie score. Yes, like and I think it didn't work. Singing. It sounded like a. a like a Disney movie score, and I and it just didn't work for me. Um, like a modern Disney movie score, not even like a classic musical cartoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, is there anything else we want to touch upon? I mean, the West Side Story is a class is a classic uh, um, tale about you know racism and. Uh, and you know relations between people and young people and uh there's a lot of themes class themes even um there's a lot that is really there's good and i think there's a reason why they this is like the first musical they try to show kids to convert mm. to give them a taste um because it's one of the best uh i don't know if it's my favorite but it is one of my favorites oh i did want to talk about rita moreno who plays the shopkeeper small role in this she is also in the original she plays anita um and uh she's i'm currently watching oz right now i'm almost done with it on the last season and she's on oz which was in like the early 2000s so in like the last week I've just watched, I've seen Rita Moreno at like three different periods of her life. Like, uh, you know, like 20, uh, 50 and 75. <laughs> and, um, it's just, it was just, just checking in. something <laughs> I wanted up. to, to mention that was kind of weird, but cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, a big fan. And, uh, but I, I don't really know what else there is to say, um, about this. I don't know if this was, you know, this was more for me than I thought it was going to be. Um, but I also don't know if I, like, I don't think I'd, like, die to watch it again or show somebody or... Um, I wasn't as blown away uh, with the new one as some of the uh, reviews I've seen out there. What, how do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Because it's get, it's gotten some really good reviews. I So when it first came out, I saw a lot of bad reviews initially saying it was just Oscar bait. 
Um, but I, I mean, having seen it, I think I, it's, I thought it was surprisingly good. I, I've the only issue I have mainly other than Ansel Elgort, um, and I, it's more with both of them. It's just uh, after the everything post Rumble, I kind of feel like starts to drag, um, until it gets to the final. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how both of them are. I think you think that it's almost over after the Rumble, but yeah. actually, there's a bunch of shit that happens. There's an hour it. left. Yeah. It's, yeah, the, honestly, the Rumble's like kind of the peak, and then we're kind of dealing mm-hmm. with the fallout of the Rumble, um, and then until, you know, people start dying again, more people die. Yeah. Um, I do uh, see a quick mention. Of, I, I'll let you finish, but uh, I wanted to bring this up, and I forgot. There, Everyone keeps talking about the shot, this shot of a puddle that has Ansel Elgort standing in it. And they're just saying that like, it's the best shot of the movie, and it's this the most amazing thing they've ever seen. I I'm trying to remember. I I vaguely show. remember it, but I uh, honestly barely remember it. I, but yeah, I do remember like, some pretty yeah. shots, so I don't. Doubt yeah, the it. whole movie is gorgeous, like outright. Uh, there's so much to appreciate from this, from cinematography standpoint, especially for somebody who wants to try doing more hard lighting. Uh, is so let's say uh, I don't gaff anymore that much, mm-hmm. but when I was doing it a lot, most of the DPs, everybody just wants soft light. Everyone's afraid of hard light, um, but what you can do with these new cameras just fucking shine give it all the light in the world it just looks so good blow it out baby blow it out yeah it's so good um Ugh. so are you are we ready to score west Side story 2021 or or what yeah uh, i'm ready to score i'm oh. at uh i would say as a film and a production and everything i'm gonna give it a four wow but as but as a musical and all that, just because it drags a lot in the second, in the last act and everything, I would give it like a like for overall, just my my take on the musical. I'd probably give like a three. Well, a it's half, not three. about the musical. It's not about the musical. Yeah, I, it's about yeah, the yeah. movie. This is about West Side Story twenty twenty one. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I yeah, I give it a four. It's it's I I get the hype. I and for a musical to get me to actually like like it and have enjoyable thoughts about it and everything like that. It like, uh, it, it says something for me at least. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good, I think it is good, uh, a good modern musical adaptation in a time where people, I think don't think people want to see, uh, modern musical adaptations. Um, I gave it a three and a half. Um, I just, it didn't blow me away. I kind of felt there was mo I was feeling meh about some things and maybe it was out of comparison to the original. Um, I have a big boy love for the old one. Um, and nothing like I'm going to rate it something crazy, but, um, I think I like the old one better. Um, I think this is good. And I think the thing, I wish I could smash the things I like about each of them together. It's kind of one of those things. It's kind of like the Batman where I loved a lot about it, but I also like different things about other Batman and it's not yeah. my perfect Batman. Um, so I, I, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. Um, and um, uh, I think that that can wrap it up. Let's move to West Side Story 1961. Um, and we don't have to spend as much, nearly as much time on this, but I wanted to at least, uh, I feel like we had to watch it. Uh, at first we were talking about maybe we should, maybe we should. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody's seen it, blah, blah, blah. But I, I'm honestly really glad that he did. Um, because I think that I wouldn't have appreciated there's things about the new one that I appreciate because of it, but there's also so much I appreciate, appreciate about this old one. Um, mm. this is some of the best choreography I've ever seen in a movie. Um, 
like and just like these and i love these big wide shots where there's like big mm-hmm. groups dancing it's there's like the movements are really big and their arms are going up and their legs are kicking and they're spinning around and they're mm-hmm. um and it's just like the 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 energy and the way the movie does have this kinetic flow to it because of the dancing um and it's honestly the dancing is what carries you from i feel like through the 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 songs when i get mm-hmm. fatigued by a song i am in, entertained by this amazing choreography Whereas I think in the new one, um, they don't have as much choreography. So then I'm just sitting here with the song and just watching this person sing the song. And it's more about how they shot the song. You know, does that make this relies yeah. on the choreography? Like the the weight mm-hmm. of this film is on its performances and on its choreography and the music in the in the songs. Whereas the new yeah. one, the weight of it is very much put on the the cinematography and the way it's shot. And um, the casting and and the the colorfulness of it, the vibrancy, um, and uh, yeah, I just I keep thinking about uh, like, there's these cool ass angles, and you just get like there's a specific shot. Um, I th- I saw it a picture of it, but I don't have it ready. I should have saved it. And it was like through it was from the side of one of these apartment uh, buildings, and they it was like through a grate, like a uh, like a handrail. And it, there was just a, a shot of them dancing, and it was static, but it was like this weird angle. It wasn't quite Dutch, but it was like from, it was like from the side and and low, mm-hmm. and uh, and they just have this like extended shot of them dancing. I was just like, man, this looks so fucking cool and hip, um, and just the color. And it's this movie is also incredibly colorful, um, mm-hmm. and you got to think. Uh, I think this is something that people sleep on but you, if you uh and there's something i've discovered more as i've learned about films pre-70s is uh once they color tvs and color movies and what color movies were a thing like filmmakers were all about trying to add so much color to everything mm. like you everyone's wearing bright clothes and there's bright sets and bright you know umbrellas and uh, awnings and everything's red and blue and pink and and whatnot and this is very much like that like bernardo's wearing red riff wears yellow um well, there's a lot of people wearing purple um like purple is definitely a color that's kind of associated with the jets um or i mean the sharks i mean and yellow is very mm-hmm. much a color associated with the uh jets tony wears yellow a lot of them it looks like it's part of a school uniform but it just keeps popping up um, again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, some fun facts about this cast. So I already mentioned Rita Moreno. Um, the, the guy who plays Riff in this one um, is also who is also from Twin Peaks. There's several actors in this movie that are also <laughs> in Twin Peaks. Um, Riff plays Dr. Jacoby in Twin Peaks. Um, you have only seen the first few episodes, so it's kind of lost on you. But boy, when yeah. I found this out, it blew my mind. Um, also, uh, uh, Richard Bamer, who plays Tony in this one, is also in Twin Peaks. Uh, and he plays uh, uh, Mr. Horn. Um, and he runs the depart- Horn's department store and, and the lodge and all that. He's like a main character. And they're a lot older. Um, like they're in their fifties in, in Twin Peaks, and um, it's just wild, wild to see um, what great casting because they're excellent actors. And uh, just like I, I saw, you know, um, 
I saw West Side Story music class when I was in middle school, and then I saw Twin Peaks when I was in college, and just like putting that together was such a fucking mind fuck. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, in addition to the Twin Peaks actors, uh, Natalie Wood, who is plays uh, Maria, and she is most I think known besides West Side Story in her work as an actress, but she was uh, murdered, and they never found who murdered her actually she was well, she died and i don't think it even was like the de- the events surrounding her death uh have been there's a conf- bunch of conflicting statements um uh, apparently christopher walken was with her when it happened <laughs> uh, it was in 1983 or 1981 i'm sorry and uh yeah it, it's a pretty wild story they've done so many uh like documentaries on it and and whatnot you can go and it's all over wikipedia um, but it's it's a really really fascinating uh, thing. It's like a Hollywood legend. It's considered like one of the big Hollywood legends. Um, so that's another interesting thing. Um, and then yeah, obviously uh, Rita Moreno. But all so moving on from just the cast in that sense is there is a lot of blackface in this movie or brownface, I guess would be the better term. Um, there are several members of the Sharks who are white people or just not Puerto Rican um, that uh, they darken their face and they casted them as a Puerto Ricans in this film. In addition really? to that, yes. Bernardo, for example, is Greek. The actor uh, who plays Bernardo in this. Interesting. And they did darken his face. And you can tell because they're, some of their faces are very splotchy. Um mm. Bernardo's that makes sense. particularly is like a weird color. Um, yeah, there's. I remember the when they're doing the war council at docks specifically. I remember seeing a guy in the sharks. That I, I like. I thought to myself, like that just looks like a white guy. And I know that sounds bad, but that's like uh, that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, like wow. they they could just get an Italian guy and uh, and just darken him a little bit, and there you go. Um, and <laughs> in addition to that. There are the actual Puerto Rican people in the cast. Rita Moreno is Puerto Rican. They darkened her skin as well. Um, oh wow! So yeah, she's talked yeah. about it a lot, and uh, and yeah, there's specific shots you can see of her, and her skin is very splotchy. Um, and I think that's why they they did they tried to do the character right with the new one, and I think they went with uh they tried to you know uh cast somebody uh, like a uh, Afro Latina background. Um, to kind of make up for some of these things, and I think they even made Rita Moreno the shopkeeper instead of this, you know, old white guy. And they did try to add a little more things uh, to it. Um, but yeah, Rita Moreno's skin is much lighter in the new movie than the old movie, and that would be why it's not just from getting older. Um, so yeah, that is kind of one of the problematic things. As much as this film is about, um, you know, racism and you know, uh. And just people from different backgrounds living together. Um, there, it was problematic at its time for as progressive as it was. And um, I'm sure I didn't really look into the, like people's reasonings or why. Um, Rita Moreno said they didn't even tell her why they were doing it. That she just thought it was makeup for the movie. And that uh, the next thing she knew, she was like significantly darker. She was like bronzer or something. Oh jeez, they um, probably like, oh, it's just you know, just make it look good on camera. Uh, um, but, uh, this, I mean, beyond that, I'm right. I mean, we can move on, but I wanted to, 
it's it's like pretty much you have to mention it when you talk about this film. And as much as I'm yeah. I glow over it, I think these kinds of decisions ultimately hold it back. Um, then you know, th- then are they're not excusable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot. There is a lot to to enjoy and take away from the film, and and um, I do honestly like how much it feels like a stage and it is a product of being a sixties film um, that they had a lot of variety films with like dancing numbers. And there were a lot of set more sets. Everything was on a set and there were very simple sets that were just mm. pretty much stages. And it was, it was more tied to those kinds of movies. Um, so it's not like it was trying to, uh, but it does like it, there is ways things are blocked and there's ways things are shot. And it just like, makes it feel like a theater uh, experience, uh, a stage experience. And I do like that. I think that's something that doesn't hurt it, uh, but it is something that um, is cool about the new one um, thing. It's just a different style choice, and I think they both work. Um, yeah, I like I like that the original was um, in, in, in putting more on the screen with it rather than relying on the camera or whatever. It definitely feels bigger for being a essentially a two-dimensional kind of movie because it's it's still shot all these wide like sh- and these uh, super wide shots yeah it's, it's shot like a musical still like like a stage but then you still you have these nice moments where you have uh, i can't remember one of the scenes that was midway through the movie where tony's just like walking down the street singing and the camera's tracking with him walking down the street and so it's like uh you oh get yeah glim- yeah like, i think it's maria movement um yeah, it might be Maria. I just met um, a girl named Maria. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and it's it's cool seeing those like little glimpses of what it you know what it could do or what was, um, or or things. I was like, all right, well, it's cheap to do this. You know, if all the money went into certain aspects of the production, so we can still have these moments like this. Or like, man, if you could have just given these guys like a jib for some of the dance numbers, uh, how cool you know you, you could have got. Um, because of how much more many people and intricate the uh, uh, the dance numbers and stuff are. But honestly, it it, it reminds me of uh, I I can't believe I'm going to bring up this movie, but I'm going to bring up Climax because it also has some of my favorite oh. choreography in a film. Um, that movie's shot and like it, it's it, different dance numbers are shot differently, but some of them are just like static, stay mm. this kind of angle so you can get everyone in the number in the shot. Um, and you yeah. can see everything, you know, it's blocked for how it would be on a stage. And I like that because I'm able to really take in all of it. I think be- because of the way the new one is shot, the like it's closer. Um, you just you don't have the room to fit all these people in the screen. So the dance numbers don't feel as big and they don't feel and they aren't as long. And um, mm-hmm. you're only getting these little brief moments of it. Um, but I think it's, I, uh, I will. Products of their time. I will say, you know? Yeah, I will say though that uh, speaking about the dance, that I think that the dance number the uh, uh, in the gym in the new one, I like more than yes, I agree. Ev- than everything in both of these, oh, uh, everything. It is, so, it is so good, especially when they they cut to the sharks and you have Anita and Bernardo, and all of the dress flapping looks so vibrant and it's so dynamic and it's so energetic. Uh, because you've got like the cool dueling circles on their own sides, and Chino gets in the middle, and everything just ramps in together. It's it's so uh, 
I had so much fun. It was it's so much fun I do I do like the new one a lot and I think that is one of the best parts. Um but I really love the intro of the old one, um the the opening sequence uh and just how it looks and the angles and the dancing and I it's it's iconic to me. But I also I don't know. This isn't like, and I don't think it's. I don't know if it's anybody's favorite part, but I just keep thinking about um, the cool boy number and the old one where they're in that part, like, um, like bus depot or like van depot. It's a bunch of uh, like UPS trucks, and they turn on the lights one by one, and they're like dancing, and like the lighting keeps changing because they turn it on more and more headlights of these cars, and I just yeah, like yeah. it looks so, and it's stage lighting. Like it's not like it's. Uh, anything crazy for the actual lighting, but the concept of it, I really loved like that. Like they're trying to set up these stages, but they are like, they are three dimensional and they are like walking around 360 and the camera does go on different angles, but it's just not like the new one where it's, it's swinging and moving and in and out and up and down and, and it's doing everything. Um, but I, I do appreciate that, um, about the old one. Um, that's that scene in particular is just an example of like doing a lot, um, with not a lot at the same time. Like it's still ultimately just, they're doing the stage number, uh, in, in this big open room. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really have a whole ton else to say, um, about it. Um, is there anything else you want to say? I I I like that the story makes more sense because um, Tony's not on parole, and I like Tony and Maria a lot. Original, um, I like the I like their chemistry. I like Tony's singing better than Ansel's. I definitely like his acting. He's way more charming and and more. Um, he's a little goofy yeah. though. The big old teeth and like yeah he's, yeah. He's, yeah. There's something yeah, about him that I like. That it's like it makes him seem like a a nice boy. Like he's a he's yeah, a good yeah. kid. He's a good kid inside of a you know, in a gang. He just this is the person that that ha- that came out of the environment that he was in. But he's ultimately a good yeah. kid. And I I think I do feel that about both of them. But there's something about Ansel because I think I think he's older. He lurks. He's older, he um, but he's he seems more like I've seen shit. I've I've done shit. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Richard Bamer seems more like a little bit bright and shiny. Definitely, like he's smarter than the people in the gang. But everybody's very naive because they're kids and they're trying to yeah, deal like with he, like heavy topics. Yeah, like the original Tony, like he re- he grew up essentially before everybody else in the group. But new Tony's like, I killed a man with his bare hands. Run away with me. I killed your brother too. Run away with me. After he lurked, I lurk in gymnasiums and show up outside your window. I'm Ansel Elgort. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's all I got on that. Ansel Elgort. All right. So what are we giving the old one? Um, I like the new one better. I'm giving the old one a a three and a half. I'm giving the new one or the old one a four because I like the old one better. Interesting. I mean, they're both great. They both are excelling their own way. And I, I'm so visually driven that the new one, I think the new one is, is designed more for modern audience. And I think I have just a little bit more of a, a taste for some of that old shit. Uh, old, like, I don't know. I'm just more of a musical person. So, and I think the old one is more like a musical. That would make yeah, sense why you are more you like the new one. There's nothing no nothing wrong with that. But all right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a movie 
that people talk about a lot. Um, and honestly, I don't think they talk about it though as much as they used to. As much as like when we were young, uh, this movie gets referenced in so much pop culture. Oh my um, god, I didn't had no idea, I had no idea until until. Oh watching yeah, this movie. there's one particular thing that I want to bring up to you uh, that I know we know the reference, but didn't know where it came from. Yeah, I know exactly what you're gonna say too. I, and, to uh, I, I try. I was say. trying to Google it all morning and find a picture, and I couldn't. I had the picture from the movie, the movie, but not from where it came. Our reference. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah this uh, this movie is fucking genius. Um, and it is fucking fantastic. The first time I saw it, I don't think I fully appreciated it. Um, I think maybe because I was like, oh, these effects are dated, and um, nothing's really happening. Um, and I kind of poo pooed it a little bit, but this time I was completely enthralled. I was like, this is a perfect, uh, kind of movie. I, like I, I was appreciating, I, I, I think that I talk about this before the show, but oh no, no, I did it in the intro about how hopeful, like it is not, it's like a hopeful mm-hmm. science fiction movie. There are some questions about our, the decisions of some of our characters. <laughs> um, and I think that it's purposeful. Um, mm. but I think ultimately there is a lot of hope in the story and, um, and that's what makes it so interesting is it's just like people, uh, it's like the, the, the wonders of discovery, you know, that I think that is that phrase probably sums up, uh, the essence, the energy that this film is going for. It's also incredibly epic, but at the same time, it doesn't really get that big until oh, the, end. yeah, the ending say. sequence is so big, but before that, it's not. It's a pretty small feeling movie. It's just yeah. like the way that they use costumes and set and like the different locations. It makes it feel big, like you're part of this global phenomenon. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't really feel the big or the stakes until the mothership at the very end, and then it was just like a whoa because all the spaceships you see up before then. Uh, you know, or I'm I'm sitting there like, man, that just looks like the size of a Cadillac. Like that just looks like not that big when it they had it like uh when it the, like the first police chase in the beginning and then at the, at the end scene. Um, but uh, I love the like they give you the the spaceships like right away, and I was shocked about that. I was not, but they, but they, but but they don't show you. That's not like the real spaceship. I think it's a tease. I know. Yeah. Um, you don't know it's a tease. I'm watching. Yeah. So it was like, Oh man, they're just showing me straight up. That's kind of a, I didn't know it was going to be like this kind of, I was expecting it to be more of a, a, you know, a, a drip feed. Uh, but then after that, it kind of is because then it goes way more uh, back to the ominous stuff, um, which is like the clouds and, and just the lights. Um, but uh, the, there's just so many moments in this that were like, besides the references, just like so interestingly done. But at the same time, I got confused in the beginning of the movie when it was cutting back between the mother and her son, Barry, and uh, the, the main scientist? guy's family. The sci- oh, the, oh, the, oh. The, 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 the main sunburned guy and his family. Um, and the I think two, it was just so a matter like the of... two different families. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was two separate stories that were coming together and, uh, but they were both, it was like, cause there was the whole ending. He's like talking about the scientist guy. The French one is like, all oh, these ordinary people are having extraordinary experiences and they're all drawn to this place. And it is like kind of cool to see all these other average Joe's that we did like Larry Butler, <laughs> Larry Butler. He like says his name like four times. Um, <laughs> Hey, the name's Larry Butler. And, uh, I, I seen it too. Um, and, uh, 
but like there's these other people that are having these stories and experiences, but we only see the, it from these, from these two people. Um, mm. and once it comes together, we find out there was like even more people that were going through this. And it's not like, it's just like Richard Dreyfus and, uh, Melinda Dillon are super special. Like there's a bunch of people and they, this spaceship, these aliens are inviting people to come here, um, and are calling them. And, uh, so we're like seeing these two separate people's like, different experiences. And then like, then they come together and it resolves. Um, mm. I really, I do really like that. Cause it's like this mis- there's a sense of mystery and, um, there's a definitely revelations of information and just like, what is going on? What do the aliens want? I think there's definitely an initial feeling that maybe they're bad, um, because they steal the kid. Um, mm. <laughs> but, um, but it, it was definitely that the, uh, because I, what I got confused specifically was it was like, uh, it was the house. It was, it was Richard Dreyfus's family, and his, his wife answers the phone. Is like, hey, you know, you gotta go out, and the work's calling for you. It's Earl on the phone, and then it cuts to um, the the mother in the woods shouting for Barry. But for some reason, I just saw like we just seen like his wife was blonde, and we say like a blonde lady in the dark with a flash. And I was like, who the hell is Barry? Why the hell is his wife out in the thing? And then she seems lost, and then it cuts to Richard Dreyfus, who was lost driving around. And I was like, did I just like completely blank out a scene here? But it was just me being dumb. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't have but, a problem. I didn't have an issue with that, but because mm-hmm. he, I think, I, I do agree. Like, I wasn't sure if uh, it, it took me a minute, a second to tell the difference between Terry Gar and Melinda Dillon. Terry Gar is who plays uh, Richard Dreyfus's wife, and. Um, she, uh, so I wasn't, sh- and then I was like, oh, I know Terry Gar. She's in Young Frankenstein and After Hours, and that's a different actress. Um, so as soon as I realized that they're different actresses, then I realized it was set different stories. Um, but, yeah. um, I, 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 but what about the, we didn't talk about the scientists because I think that is what makes it feel epic, but also it's not, doesn't feel huge like if you really look at what's happening it's not that huge but like the scientists going to these different places around the world and they find these lost aircraft and then they find this big ass ship in the middle of a desert and uh like it just it starts to feel like the scale is just getting so big and like we're Mm -hmm. we're like we're around the world um you know one minute we're in Indiana one minute we're in Mongolia and when then we're in India and then we're at a conference with the UN and it's just, it does feel big to me. Um, and I think that's what's interesting, but then you don't see it. Like you don't see what's really big. And that's at the end when everything comes together at the mountaintop, you know, it's all waiting for us at the top of this, you know, plateau. Um, and, uh, which is hilarious in the middle of the film. Everyone obsesses over this plateau and uh, Richard Dreyfus uh, tears his fucking yard apart and his house apart. And uh, it's funny cause he's into miniature trains and stuff. And then he makes a miniature one and then he just like gets real crafty and, and like, it kind of like the, the train thing kind of explains um, like how he's good at making uh, a, like st- the, he's like, you got to make a structure, a sculpture, a 3d sculpture to truly understand. He said it to Larry Butler at the end. Uh, <laughs> Because they all know about it. Because like once they get yeah, to the plateau yeah. in the end, they're like, "Oh, we gotta go here because there's this 300 foot drop or 30 foot drop over there." Like they all know this place intimately, though they've never been there. I I, I will say I was disappointed that it wasn't actually at the top of the plateau. It was behind it at the like the mid level basin. 
Um, because the, when you see the poster and stuff, and you see the top of the plateau and everything, it's like this is the landing pad. But then, then in reality, it's just like this coved out little section of the, like the the army and the the UN people. Well, and then get there's like um, some it's like somewhat hidden. It's not like obvious. There's a shitload yeah, of people yeah. on top of the thing. On top of it, yeah. Um. Uh, but the I because I just kept thinking about Independence Day when uh, and I was like, oh maybe. Oh my god! Day. Oh my god! This, this um, movie definitely established like. I'm sure that a lot of the tropes of alien films uh, come from B movies and science fiction novels and stuff. Stuff, but boy, the whole bright white light and the gravity and like so much of X Files and Independence mm-hmm. Day reminded me of this. Um, like this walked so they could run kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And uh, and just like the special effects are pretty amazing for the late seventies. And this is around Star Wars time, and I think this um, it doesn't it isn't quite as crazy as Star Wars, but it's still really really good. Um, now I I watched the director's cut. Is that has that had redone special effects? Because I feel like some of the look like new CG, like new like nineties ish CGI versus seventies. I, d- I don't think so. I I watched the original cut. Mine was the two hour fifteen minute one. Um, oh, there's only two minutes more in the director's cut. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, not that I've seen. Because I know that Lucas and Spielberg like went back and redid a lot of their movies, like the Walkie Talkies and ET. And, I don't. It's, I don't think Spielberg does anything with effects, though. I think that's more. Um, what's his Lucas. names? Um, apparently that uh, the UFO at the end was inspired by the models used in Star Wars, which makes perfect sense. Star Wars definitely changed people's ideas of what spaceships will look like. Um, just like they're instead of them being like smooth, sleek, uh, like cylinders or 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 saucers, they're like you know they're jagged and there's all these metal doodads, uh, devices and things in uh, in and out. Like I think it's Star Destroyers or or the Death Star. They're built more practically in their design rather than just assuming a, like a sleek thing can do it all. Yeah, like they're so the technology is so far advanced that uh, um, that they don't need that kind of shit. It's just all you know, aerodynamic, perfect. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it makes advanced. things feel lived in when you do that kind of stuff. That that kind of when things are not perfect, um, they feel more realistic, um, less like um, uh, I don't know, uh, like softened. Like the edges are softened, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. but but. Uh, all right, but the visual effects are great. Um, I really like the sense of scale. Um, I think we. I want to talk a little bit about the cast. Um, Richard Dreyfus apparently, um, Steven Spielberg did not want to cast him in this film, even though like uh, that Richard Dreyfus basically talked Spielberg into casting him um, <laughs> while they were filming Jaws, and uh, <laughs> and Richard Dreyfus is excellent in Jaws. I think he's probably even better, but. Um, uh, that's really funny. Apparently, he wanted Jack Nicholson, but Jack Nicholson turned it down. I thought that was funny. Oh man, that would change the whole dynamic of this movie. Yeah, I mean, he'd be crazy, but he'd be—he's like a more his chaos would be so much different. Richard Dreyfus is a bit yeah, more like, lovable. Is a more lovable idiot in this one. And yeah, I, I for like sure. He's the energy of an average Joe. Like he's—he's he's short. He's like a little. It's like a little stocky, you know. Um. Do you imagine if Jack Nicholson brought in like his shining crazy into it? Just yeah. how ridiculous. No. 
<laughs> uh, maybe that's why maybe that's why Spielberg wanted him though. It was like channel that kind of crazy. Um yeah. so the lead uh the lead scientist, the, the Frenchman, uh Claude Lacombe, is played by Francois Truffaut. Uh does that name ring a bell to you at all? It's not. So Francois, Francois Truffaut. Wait, 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 hold on. Oh, Truffaut. I thought you said Trudeau, and I was like, wait, is he the father of the prime minister? Oh of my god, no. <laughs> god idiot. France. What? A tra- Truffaut what? and Trudeau sound similar. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Um, Francois Truffaut is a French director and is considered uh, widely regarded as one of the founders of the French New Wave uh, movement um, and has a bunch of interest, uh, films that are supposed to be important. Uh, I haven't seen any of them, of course. Uh, looks like most of his, uh, his work is in, uh, is in the 60s and 70s. Um, several can nominated things. Fahrenheit. We did a Fahrenheit four fifty one movie. It says that's interesting. Nothing to say about that. Hello. I mean, that's super cool. Sorry, I was. I'm. I'm looking at his filmography with you. Um, see if I knew any of them. But uh, no, nah, I don't know any of them. But that's cool though. That's. I wonder what. Uh... I wonder, like, why if it's Spielberg wanted him, or they just friends, or what, or how we how we ended up in like one of the the like the lead roles, not lead, but the one of the main supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 translator who he says he's like a, I'm a cartographer, but I do know French. Uh, yeah, is I love Bob that guy. Uh, Balaban. Balaban. He is a uh, he's a writer, but and a comedic actor. He was in. Um, uh, the French Dispatch in a really small role. He's in uh, other a bunch of other uh, Wes Anderson films. Um, he's kind of in a bunch of he's like a, a kind of a character actor and, and writer. Um, but I want to at least mention him because this is probably the the fir- earliest movie I've ever seen him in. And I kind of and I he's like an interesting guy and I'd like to know more about him. But, uh, but I love uh, the line where he's just like, "Well, before you paid me to speak French." I did this and uh, uh, like for doing the coordinate scene. Um, he's just like has a sass because he's like not doing what he was like meant to do. Yeah, yeah. He's not, they're not paying him to do map things to be to do cartography. Yeah. He's not I like the silent. Maps, God damn it. He's not a silent cartographer. That's for sure. Um, no. Oh yeah, Halo. bad bad joke. Uh, Halo. <laughs> all right. Well, so um, we kind of talked about this pretty much all in its broad strokes. I do want to go a little bit in depth on the ending part because it is like the most memorable thing. The other scenes that are really memorable as the shot with the boy in the doorway and it's like the glowing orange. There's like I've seen that shot in so many things over the years. Reference. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's the uh, right before he gets abducted. Yes, uh, are you talking about the, the doggy door one, or when he, the first time when he opens the door? The first time the when he opens the door. Yeah, I have it on the screen right now. But uh, yeah, the um, that is pretty crazy and pretty iconic. But I wanted to talk about the reference that we, we were talking about earlier. So when we were kids, we used to watch a show, a cartoon called Rocco's Modern Life. Yes. And there's a character called Philbert. And Philbert, uh, when he reached a certain age, is like a puberty kind of thing. He was called back to uh, the Galapagos Islands, and that was supposed to be they have some kind of like coming of age event. But uh, so he would try to resist it, and he didn't want to go. Like they, he asked Rocco, and then to lock him up. 
and he goes crazy and they get a bunch of, I don't know if they got like takeout or he, no, he goes into the fridge. It was a, it was a, cake, a massive cake thing, like with the uh, pineapples and things on it. Yeah. Like, it was a massive cake and he starts carving it. And then he was like, there's soy sauce. He starts getting all the shit to make it look like, um, the Galapagos islands. And of course the Galapagos Island, uh, model in this cartoon looks exactly like the, the sculpture that Richard Dreyfus makes in his house. Um, Devil's the devil's uh the devil's tower i think is what it's called i thought it's called devil's stone no it's devil's tower um and um yeah hilarious when i saw this the first time i was like i was, I was like loved it loved it loved it um the other thing that is yeah. really interesting is um i don't think this is at a time when music was changing and um, synthesizers were becoming more and more a normal thing. Uh, late seventies is definitely, I think when the, the synthesizer fad really started taking off and new wave was coming on. Um, and, um, so like there's a lot of electronic music and like mixing math and science with music and art and color, like, cause it, like, um, sounds are frequencies and color is frequencies and they're doing this like sign language thing where like you could do visual like hand motions for sounds and uh uh certain notes and whatnot it's all really really cool but it's also like i think really um people are really interested in this stuff at the time um like color theory and music theory and, and mixing in these things and therapy mm -hmm. and and whatnot um and then just being able to communicate through music I think it was really interesting. Um, like that's how the aliens talked was through these tones. Um, mm. And uh, uh, yeah, super cool. And then the ending is this really great climax. It kind of like the movie probably could have ended at the two hour mark, but it just really lets you live in this moment um, for like an extra 15 yeah. minutes. And it's, and it's worth it. Like you were just mesmerized by what's happening and you're just like, what you want, you know, you have questions even then, like what is going on? And, uh, and like you find out that all these old, all these people that were missing were on the alien ship and they're sent off. And then they are, then they're like, okay, what happens next? Like Roy's trying to go with them, Richard Dreyfus. And he's yeah. like, he wants to get on the ship. And then there, we find out that there's this team of astronauts that they are, you know, putting together and then they're going to try to, uh, send them up on the ship. And, uh, and Richard Dreyfus, like they just uh, like put him in a spacesuit because he seems to yeah. be chosen. Um, <laughs> and I get it. Cause the scientists, like the scientists seem to have more control than the military does. And, um, which is maybe, uh, that is also a reverse yeah. of a lot of modern science fiction where the military yeah. is kind of in control. Even like, I think of day of the dead, like the military's in control over the over the science and the the social the the, the social people. Um, the yeah, I want to say about uh, about that whole thing though is uh, Richard Dreyfus. What an arc he goes for, like because he when he leaves for uh, Wyoming, he's still like like he is visibly upset that his wife is le like left him with the kids and stuff like that and everything. He's just like I just have to do this, you know, and everything's gonna be fine. And then you get to when they're on top of the mountain and he just like kisses the 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 mom, Barry's mom, uh before leaving. I was like, I thought you wanted your wife and kids back. And then he gets there and he's like, you know what? I'm leaving it all behind. I'm getting on that ship. And I was so, like, man, it's just that is kids fatherless. <laughs> so that is the funny the thing that I had questions about when I watched this film the first time and this time is like 
So there's a lot of sadness, like watching uh, Roy kind of tear his family apart with this thing. And like, it's, he's going through a real thing and it's like, yeah, his family's doubting him, but like, what do you expect them to do? Like he's acting crazy. And like his son is crying at the dinner table and like, like calling him names. Like you're a crybaby, And that kid never comes back for the rest of the movie once they leave. And I just like feel bad and like in the it's like it's like oh well they didn't like me anyways or they didn't want me or something but you're the dad like you just abandoned your your sons uh, your kids. Um, I'm just guessing that like the flash that happened that he drove him and then once seeing it in person it was just like a nothing else exists in this moment. Yeah, like I, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. I get it. Yeah. I would. I get it. Like you don't. I, it's not like I'm frustrated with it i think it's actually yeah. interesting it's it's not this like as much as i think that the movie is hopeful and positive about the aliens it is not very positive about roy roy loses his job roy loses his family roy loses his entire life for this shit and uh and but he ultimately no was closure. right it's kind of some weird probably maybe thing about like you know your family should should be supportive even if you're acting crazy because what if you're right like it kind of validates not so conspiracy people maybe a little bit but i i, I was taking it more as like is it worth is your end goal worth leaving everything else behind i guess and because in most of the cases it's usually not and like those kind of like parables but this is just like a whole you know once in a lifetime chance um yeah to you know you don't even know what's going to happen. He could, you know, go up there and get probed or or killed or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I like I like the spaghetti alien, the one that was like super stringy and slender. Yeah, I yeah, I honestly loved. I like the aliens. Period. Like I know they're mostly puppets, um, or like people, little people in costumes and things, but uh, they looked really good. I like this movie has a ton of practical effects, it, but it also has like you know the lights and stuff. Like it's not all practical. Um and but it holds up. It holds up. Um, yeah, and like it, it, like it's obviously it's a '70s movie, but I think the choices that they made, like make it like all the lights and the glowing and like how the, the everything in the house was shaking and the shit was turning on, um, like that was pretty big deal for its time. Um, and it it still works because of the way that they did it. They didn't show you too much, even though they showed you mm-hmm. stuff. I wanted to say on that note, and we forgot to mention it for West Side Story, was, uh, man, watching old fucking movies in 4K is insane. How they really did have it all figured out, how to do lighting, all of the shit back then. Because uh, rewatching that stuff now, when you have it as it was meant to be seen in the pure clarity, uh, this stuff holds up so well. It, it's uh, like the only reason it's lit the way it was is just to make sure you're crappy television at home could still like yeah show yeah color so low res yeah the um, colors are bad even, and... but it's still so like clean and good and like even though there is a lot of grainy in this and some of the dark parts but like uh it's, it's the, um... but it holds up so well like it's this definitely this and west side story passes something that was made in like the late 80s yeah, um, I mean they, they they simultaneously look of their time, but but also look ahead of their time because of some of the like because they're influential or maybe yeah. you know, groundbreaking techniques or and whatnot. Because um, like this, Jaws don't look like this. I know Jaws is a good like few years before. 
but but Jaws looks older, um, and this looks like a more mo- this is a post Star Wars film for sure. Yeah, it, I, the first thing I said after watching this was like, "Wow, this is." While I was watching it, sorry, it was uh, so this is what this is what a movie is supposed to look like when you gave it a good uh, a great budget in the seventies, because um, it's just so for how big it is too. It just it works so well. Um, but it doesn't feel like incre- like it's big, but it's small at the same. It's the, I think that's what makes. I meant it like uh, hit- no, I'm like, not correcting you. I'm just saying that's what yeah. makes the movie special. Is it's like mm. it feels quiet and small. And and we're getting just the, the 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 picture keeps zooming out as the film goes on until we are you know looking at the universe. Um, and I, I think that's I think modern movies sometimes try to throw so much at you so fast um, that you can't really um, like it. Just it, you get desensitized to it all. You don't have a chance to process yeah. and feel something about things. And this this movie takes its time, but it's so perfectly paced. I wasn't bored at all. I'm interested throughout. Um, it, it's it's just a really really. It, it's definitely one of the best films ever for a reason, and uh, I get that. Yeah, it is definitely um, set the stage for sci-fi. Like the like I know Star Wars did in a, in a different way, um, but how this does. Like the the you know two thousand one like Space saying, like, Odyssey too is probably even before yeah. that. But they, like that like like you were saying with the X Files and stuff like that like it feels more like this and in line with this. Yeah, it's taking another step forward. Stuff. Like it's a foundational, um, it's foundational film yeah. to the genre, just like Star yeah. Wars or two thousand one. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And E T is too, but I think E T is definitely has has a lot of connective tissue with this film vibe it's a little more kid oriented but it's still like a very similar story um what it's trying to do and the government is uh the government's more the bad guy i guess trying to stop yeah stop the kid from hanging with his alien buds but i would even say that the just in tone and everything et has has lower lows like from an emotional standpoint yeah, I guess so. You're right. This is a more like even Everything is like the saddest shit you've seen that year. And then this didn't really like other than Richard Dreyfus losing his family, but he is done in a way that you don't really care at the same he time. Doesn't, he seems so detached at that point. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter it's, to him. Exactly. And as a, so as an audience member, I like also don't care then. It's like, all right, well, I guess this is just supposed to be. We're just we're about mountains now. We're plateaus. Um, but, what, do you have anything yeah. else you want to talk about this movie? Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. The oh, I the definitely the one thing. Uh, man, oh man, do I love about old movies is when you have the cool guy sunglass shot. But not only does a cool guy have it, everyone on the fucking launch or landing pad has uh, I was cool guy too, sunglasses on. Because those and were just like so mil- those were military sunglasses <laughs> at the time. Like it was literally yeah. what everybody wore. I know, um, but it's every single person in the shot is wearing badass aviators and looking like the identical. Just, they probably handed them out because they all look identical. Yeah. I mean, like not like even in the mood, like in the lore of the film, like they probably yeah. just handed everyone out for safety. Yeah, it's gonna be bright. Whereas He's today, they probably would just handed out cheap plastic you know, yeah. uh, wayfarers or something. Um, or even probably cheaper yeah. shit than that. Um, 
Well, I liked it. It was. I thought it was a little cheesy, but like, in it, obviously, it's of the time. But it was fun in that because, uh, like, the fucking ramps coming down. This is before any of the people even come up. Yeah, I, 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 it's a very Spielberg feeling thing. I think because mm. there's always a little bit of humor in his stuff too. Like, it's like light, but it, like even when there's even like Jurassic Park, even when there's like horror, there's like these moments of levity or like where people are people. Um. And it's, it's, it gives a funness, even with the seriousness, or, or when it's uh, heavy. And I think that's what makes these films so accessible to so many people. Uh, yeah. Are you ready to score Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes. And I I feel like I, I should give it a higher score, but I just, I'm just i sitting on a four, and I just feel... I why, don't know why. why? Well, then, then I why? Don't, I don't know. I don't have to feel... Like, I, I enjoyed it, but I... I uh, but I like. I guess I didn't walk away like absolutely loving it or anything. It was. Um, but it's hard to when you're watching old movies and you have to have that. You have to get away everything you've seen before because this started uh, so many things. It's, I think it uh, stands on its own though. It's it's got a different vibe than than a lot yeah. of things. Um, for the reasons I was saying in the beginning, I'm giving it a four and a half. I think that a five is also pretty acceptable as well. Um, but I'm giving it a four and a half. Uh, I think the first, like I said, the first time I watched it, I wasn't like blown away, but this time, um, I don't know what it was, but I just like saw it. I was like, man, this is a fucking near perfect film. Uh, arguably perfect film. Yeah. I guess I didn't have any like real, like uh, we always talk about emotional attachment like this because this didn't really have like a low, low. It's pretty much it's baseline is, is pretty like. Well, I'm sunburned and I'm on a whimsical adventure. Well, I and, I think yeah. I have emotional attachment. I think to Roy and like what happens to Roy and um and like obviously I was concerned about the mom not getting her kid back and um mm. there's definitely emotional weight to all that. It's just this is not a. It, I think like a lot of people like oh emotional weight means I have to feel sad or feel like mm. and I, this movie isn't a sad movie. So, or even like in a happy, sad way, you know, it's kind mm. of, it's beautiful and it's an adventure and it's fun, but, um, I think that's what makes it special. And I think that movies kind of lo have lost how to do this and still make it really good. I mm. think people, when they try to make movies like this, it ends up being like focus grouped and watered down and, um, mm. just not, it's either too shallow and too accessible or it's too, uh, it's trying to do too much and it makes it uh, hard to, it's too unwieldy for a regular audience, yeah. whether by length or by density, you know, mm. power, look at power of the dog. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think this is, this, this, what, this is a great example of what makes Spielberg um, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. He's done so much good stuff. I was looking at his run uh, in the early 2010s where from, uh, the Adventures of Tintin to Bridge of Spies, all of those are Academy nominated for something. Uh, yeah, even if it's stuff that wasn't popular, he still was always in the the mix. Though some of it is because of his name. It's like, oh, Spielberg yeah. make a film, we better put it in there because he's made how many hits? Yeah, it's it's um, it was just interesting because he like, going to something like War Horse, Lincoln, and and Bridge of Spies. If, I guess they're like smaller, like going away from the blockbuster stuff. Yeah, uh, for a good bit. Um, um, well, that's uh, he's just got so much range. I don't, I can't think of an of a, a filmmaker that has, um, is the big blockbuster popular hits, uh, mixed with critical hits, 
um, indie films, big budget films. Like he's just he's just done it all. Um, and uh, you got to take your hat off to an OG. True, it's true. Pouring one out, not pouring out. He's not dead yet, but yeah. Jesus Christ, Corey. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so this was technically the beginning of our Oscar catch-up, and I think we're going to do a, pour a little more Heinz on this shit next week, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing, what, Coda and Drive My Car? Drive My Car. Well, I think we're going to do all the rest the, the rest of them we don't have, because I think we have three, right? Yeah, King Richard, Drive My Car, and Coda are the three, I, I believe. That we're I can't missing. believe King Although Richard is nominated for Best Picture. Everybody said it was Oscar bait before it came out, but apparently it was Oscar bait enough. But everyone said that about um, Belfast. Bird is good. Um, I swear, I think there might be a fourth one because we got what two more weeks till the Oscars? It's at the end of the month. I'm pretty sure we have three. I'm pretty sure we should only have three. We had four, but West Side Story I thought was the fourth. Gotcha. I'm double checking right now. Best Picture nominees: Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up. You have to watch Don't Look Up. I've already seen That's it. That's it. I need to watch it. I'm not doing it. We're not going to do it in an episode, but we can talk about it briefly. Um, like, we're, I'm not going to put it in a title. Um, so, Coda, Drive My Car, and King Richard for me. Um, but you also need Don't Look Up. God help you. Jesus, it's four It's movies. fine to watch at home while you're farting around, like, doing other things or hanging with your girl, uh, your partner. But uh, um, that's it. <laughs> I, if I saw that movie in a theater, I'd probably hate it a lot more. Uh, don't look up. Yes. Isn't it long as fuck? Yes. It's two and a half hours. Oh, oh God, man. We just had three two and a half hours. Yep. Uh, well, you had your chance. You know, I, I mean, next- yeah, you should probably have, you should probably see Drive My Car before we do the, the Oscar episode. Or not Drive My Car, uh, Don't Look Up. So, yeah, you kind of build a backlog up for yourself there. Well, I think I thought because we weren't doing it for the podcast, I was just gonna watch it whenever. Well, um, we still needed. How can we do Oscar ketchup? I know, we, I know, I know. Watch it. I've just it's just something you don't have to analyze and take notes on. Just yeah, put it on. Um, maybe you watch it tonight. Um, is that is that a right. novel, novel idea? But all right. Um, I'll see y'all next week. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on all the things. Uh, Best Boys Film Podcast, or I'm sorry, Best Boys Film Pod on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, make sure you leave a review if you can on iTunes or comment on YouTube. And we will. And he, oh yeah, I'm Slob Thomas on all those things. And Corey is at Corey with a story with a K. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. You better get, you better get your ketchup out. Oof, Corey's fucked. I've got, I've got ten hours of movies to watch. Let's do this. <laughs>